Thank you, Lord. Excited about this morning, excited about where I believe, at least for the first few months of January, where we're going to be. This thing about restoration is really, really big in me. Amen. And uh, we're going to talk about restoration today. We're going to talk about refreshing. I believe also that we're a body that's ripe for some refreshing. Amen. Amen. Long standing faith projects coming to pass. Amen. Things being restored, us being restored. And uh, I'm excited. Let's go to the book of Acts. The book of Acts and beginning in verse 1. Acts 1. I got my hands all occupied. Acts chapter 1, let's look at verse 6. It says, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put into his own authority, but you shall receive power. Say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to all the ends of the world or of the earth. And uh, what had happened is that Jesus had already been to the cross. Amen? And Jesus had already been crucified, had been raised from the dead. But there was a 40-year period, I'm sorry, a 40-day period that Jesus appeared to his disciples and he taught them about things about the kingdom. So Jesus comes back, uh, comes from heaven. He's walking the earth. He's eating with the disciples. He's talking with the disciples. And somewhere in the point of whatever he had been teaching them about the kingdom, it makes them say, Lord, is it at this time that you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus said, it's not for you to know, but then he started talking about a refreshing or an infusion of power that was going to come. So whatever Jesus had been teaching the disciples, it had to do with restoration because that's what they asked about. Lord, will you at this time restore? Now, what they were thinking was that Jesus would come on the white horse, that he would lead an army, a revolt, that they would take Rome and they would completely throw them out of Israel, that there would be a restoration of the kingdom of David and Israel would go on the way that it was before time, before Jesus came. But they were thinking too small. See, Jesus is always thinking bigger. Isn't that good? You know, we're we're thinking a dollar and he's thinking billions. You know, Jesus is always thinking bigger. So there was something that he was teaching the disciples to make them think that, you know what, there has to be a restoration of something before this thing called the Holy Spirit can come. Is everybody with me? Listen to me. Before you and I can enjoy any type of refreshing from the Lord, there needs to be a restoration of some things. We got to get our foundations in order before we can build, before we can grow, before we can withstand all that that brings each and every one of us. There needs to be some restoration in our life first. And I really think it started this morning. I really believe that restoring the altar of worship, I believe in restoring an altar of prayer. 
Uh, I believe it's January, you know, the first Sunday in January, restoring our personal private prayer times and times with the Lord, each and every one of us. This is a great time for us to make sure that we are restoring, that we are going to the Word for ourselves on a regular basis. Amen? It's vital, and it is very, very important. Listen to me. Restoration and outpouring are signs of his coming. Restoration and refreshing are signs of Jesus' return. Before Jesus comes back, there is going to be a restoration of some things, and there's going to be some refreshing of some things. So each and every one of us, we need to make sure that we find out, Lord, where am I in those two things? Where am I when it comes to restoration? And where am I when it comes to refreshing? Is everybody with me? Look at Joel chapter two, verse 25. This will make more sense to you. Joel chapter two, verse 25. It's that really, really clean part of your Bible that has really white pages and they're all stuck together. No. Joel 2.25 says, and I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. Verse 28, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall see, dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. I want you to notice that before there could become a refreshing, there had to be a restoration of the years that the worms had stolen. There needs to be a restoration in the years in your life before refreshing can come. There needs to be a restoration from all the hurts, all the, the disappointments, all the things that didn't happen. And guess what? We're going to receive communion at the end of the service today. And I'm gonna hijack it from my parents a little bit because there's gonna be something specific that we are going to deal with this morning. Amen? It's gonna be the number one thing that you and I deal with when it comes to needing restoration, okay? What we all need restoration in is getting delivered from a spirit of rejection. Each and every one of us in this room at some time have dealt with some sort of rejection. Rejected by a parent, rejected by a loved one, rejected by a job, rejected by a college, rejected by a fraternity, rejected by a friend, rejection, rejection, rejection. It is the first spirit that came into this world when the earth fell. It was a spirit of rejection. Satan got Eve to reject what God had said. It's the very first spirit that came into this earth, and it is the spirit that I would dare say most of us in this room deal with on a regular basis. It is a spirit of rejection. And guess what? We're gonna cut this thing off today. We're gonna take communion over this thing, and we're gonna start restoring our hearts. We're gonna start being made whole again, because guess what? God wants to do some refreshing in here. I'm telling you, God wants to come into your life. He wants to blow and he wants to blow out. He wants to prosper you. He wants to make you healthy. He wants to do all those wonderful things, but if you've got cracks in your foundation because of this spirit of rejection, listen, a spirit of rejection will not ever let you think that you've had a good time in your life. If you're looking back at your life and you're always saying, I don't ever remember a season where it's ever been good, that is a spirit of rejection. 
because it will blind you from all the good things that God has done for you in your life. That spirit of rejection. Folks, I have come face to face with it. Face to face with it. And it is one of the biggest problems in the church today is I feel rejected. I come to church, I feel rejected. People with a spirit of rejection. You self-sabotage your relationships because you just say, you know what, they're gonna reject me anyway. I might as well just beat them to the punch. Say restoration. Say refreshing. But it's gotta start with us first. It has to start in our hearts. Restoration is not gonna start in your families, it's not gonna start in your finances, it's not gonna start in your relationships, it's not gonna start in your jobs, it's not gonna start anywhere unless it starts in your heart first. Until there is a time of restoration, and I'm talking about you opening up those closets that nobody's allowed to come into, the drawer in your house where everybody puts that stuff that nobody ever opens, it was like, don't open that drawer, don't go in that closet, don't open that door, because then you'll see how I really live. Come look at this room. This room is pretty. This room I leave really nice. I don't let, we have covers over everything in this room. No one's allowed to eat in this room. This is the special room. This is the room when people come. We always want people to come see this room. But what God wants to do with us as a body is he wants to go to that other room. That room that every time you even think about that room, it makes you depressed. That room that every time you think about it, it's just overwhelming. I tell you what, I'm so, I want to pray for some people this morning that feel overwhelmed. That's a spirit of rejection. If you're dealing with depression, that's a spirit of rejection. If you're dealing with anxiety, that's a spirit of rejection. And I want you to know that you've been accepted by God. And that this morning that the love of God is bigger than any rejection you've ever dealt with. And listen to me, nobody is immune to this. Nobody. Let me tell you, it's some of the coolest people you'll ever meet that deal with the spirit of rejection. Because there's a reason that they're that, that cool. Because we want to produce this persona that, man, I got it going on. I'm stable. I'm, I'm educated. I got all this great stuff about me in my life. But when you get me alone, I don't know who I am. I'm unhappy, I'm unfulfilled. No one loves me, and here it is, I'm all alone. How many of us in this room could honestly say that there are seasons where you've sat there and said, I'm all alone? That's a spirit of rejection. If we really understood how much God really loved us, that you're not alone, that he sent his son to die on a cross, that blood was shed so that you would never be alone. You would get up out of that room, open up some blinds, let some light into that room, go outside, get some exercise, walk around a little bit, get the blood flowing, and you have to tell yourself how much God loves you. You gotta get in the mirror and do some preaching. Amen? I'm a little fired up this morning, but I gotta get fired up in the mirror first for me. Let's deal with this this morning. Can we? Can we? We gotta have restoration before we can have refreshing. We have to do it. Let's look at Acts chapter 319. 
Acts chapter 319. It says, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. What happened to happen first before there was any type of a refreshing from the Lord? They had to repent. Guess what? They had to have restoration. When I repent, that means that I have to change the way that I think about something. And if you are dealing with a spirit of rejection, the first thing that you have to change the way you think of is how God sees you. You have got to begin to see yourself as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have to begin to see yourself as the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. You need to begin to see yourself. If nobody else around you sees it, you see it. Listen to me. You have value. My wife is so good with this when we're talking about people have value. You have value. Every person in this room, you have value. God did not create anybody to fail. God did not create just a few to make it and then the rest of us were just wandering around this wasteland waiting for the return of Christ so that maybe I'll go to heaven and you know I'll be happy then. If you're waiting to get to heaven to be happy, you won't be happy. We have to find out what the joy of the Lord is here. We gotta learn how to worship here. We gotta learn how to pray here, amen? Because when we get up there, it's a whole different ball game, amen? When it says that there would be times of refreshing, that word times means seasons of opportunities. We have right now a season of opportunities to deal with this as a body. This is an opportunity. I always joke, you know, our life has been just one thing after another. Children in school and college and jobs and growth and homes and all those types of things. And, and the thing that I say to my wife all the time is I go, honey, it's just a season. And she laughs and says, you know, it's been the same season for 28 years since I've been with you. I said, that's a long season. Amen. I believe that there should be seasons of refreshing. You know, we were talking about in faith school today that I think one of the stigmas, one of the things that we fall into when it comes to faith is that we only use faith for negative things. You know, Lord, I'm sick, I need to use my faith. Lord, I need something. Lord, something traumatic happened, I need to use my faith. And I think God wants to be the God of the mountain this year, not just the God of the valley. Amen. I think they sang that song on purpose this morning, that God wants to be the God of your mountain this year. God wants to be the God of, of prosperity, of joy, of peace. Listen to me. Life is not supposed to be hard. There are seasons of hard, but they should be small compared to the, the seasons of joy and great peace and prosperity that you and I should share. Listen to me. We know more than, than thousands of generations about God because of what we have access to. We should be the happiest, most joyful people on the face of the earth. I should be using my faith for others, not always having to use my faith for how bad, depressed, lonely, anxious that I feel. Now you get tempted with that, I do too. We all just handle it differently. I go lift weights, you go eat chocolate. I don't know what you do when you get depressed or you get tempted with depression. But I'm here to tell you, God wants to do a refreshing in your life. But until there's a restoration, there's no place for that refreshing to go. 
It's like pouring water in a bucket with a hole in it. It's not going to stay there. If you're wanting true joy, we gotta deal with the rejections that have taken place in our lives. Listen to me. My birth mother is probably watching this. We've had restoration. My birth mother, amen? She's in Burbank, California. She calls me now, I'm her pastor. I talk to her like, I, like, she's my, like, like I'm her pastor now. But you know, she left when I was one years old. Caused a little bit of a spirit of rejection to get in there. But you know how it manifested in me? Rebellion. That's why it was so hard to deal with the root of it. Because my parents were always dealing with the rebellion, but in reality, it was the spirit of rejection that I was dealing with. Men with lust problems, it's a spirit of rejection. Got real quiet, this Presbyterian church. All of the things that we do are manifestations because we feel like we've been rejected by somebody or something. And there's a reason that we do the things that we do. Because I've been rejected. And so I've been looking for love in all the wrong places. Right? Man, y'all are trying not to, you're like, don't look to the left or to the right. Everything's going to be okay. He made that lust comment and just let that hang there and then he just kept going. But I'm not looking around. Acts chapter three, verse 21. Whom heaven must receive until the times of restitution or, ref, or um, um, restitution or reestablishment or restoration must come. Go back to Acts 3.19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may blot it out when times of refreshing shall come. Verse 21 whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things. Once again, God is saying is that there cannot be any type of a refreshing. I can't send my spirit until I know that there's been a restoration that's took place. Now, I'm gonna take you to our last verse today and then we're gonna get ready to receive communion, amen? But I have struggled with this verse my whole Christian life because I did not understand it. Everybody go to Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10. That's in the Old Testament, by the way. Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10. It says, then Ezra told them, go your way, eat the fat, amen to that. Drink the sweet drink, amen to that. Send portions to him for whom nothing is, is um, prepared for this day is a holy one to the Lord and he will not be grieved and depressed for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now when you hear that verse, you're just, I get a picture of temple worship and tambourines and horns and, and everybody's worshiping God and there's great joy because everybody's worshiping God. That is not what that verse means. What had happened was that Nehemiah had led a whole group of refugees back into Israel for the first time. And they were rebuilding this wall. This group of people is the group of people that had been as far away from God as humanly possible. They had been taken into captivity. They'd been taken advantage of. They were shattered. They were broken. They had nothing. They had no temple anymore. They had no land. They were a people that thought they were without a God. And Nehemiah 
comes and they start rebuilding the wall. And as they're rebuilding the temple, guess what they find? They find a copy of the law. So Ezra, the high priest, comes out. He begins to set aside some holy days. We're going to read this book, and we're going to get right with God. So Ezra starts reading the law, and as he starts reading it, the people start losing it. Oh, my God. We're so far from God. We have done so many things. How could he ever forgive us? How could he ever, how could he ever want to be? Oh, my God, we have not just broken his laws. We have shattered them. We have destroyed the covenant. We have nothing left to stand on. Oh, my God. And the people started to weep bitterly because they recognize now how far they were away from God. But Ezra says, fear not. And this is, this is the key point. He said, God is not done with you yet. And when he said that, the strength that came and the joy that came. See, this group of people had dealt with a spirit of rejection. They thought because everything that they'd done all the laws that they'd broken, everything they'd transgressed, they'd lost their land, they'd lost their temple, they were a laughing stock. Oh, look how far we fell. They thought there was no way that God had rejected them. But God said, fear not. I'm not done with you yet. I want to restore you. But before I can give you a refreshing I need to restore your heart. So God restored them, then they became refreshed, then they began the work. Am I helping somebody this morning? Restoration has got to begin in your heart individually first. You gotta deal with a spirit of rejection. I've been rejected by a parent. I, I've been there. I know what that's like. It's horrible. I, it's hard. You can't even put it into words. But you know what? I've had restoration. I've been restored. And now I can minister back in love. Amen? I know what it's like when someone breaks up with you and hurts you and breaks your heart in a relationship. There's restoration friends that said something. My dad tells a story. He knows where he was. Was it Steve? Somebody said that you weren't going to make the golf team. Do you remember that? You had said that you were going to try out for the basketball team, and your buddy looked at you and said, oh, you're not going to make it. You're not good enough. How many years ago was that? 70 years ago. We got stories? Every one of us can go back to a place in a time where we felt rejection from somebody or something. And it's as real to us as if it happened yesterday. Because that wound has been raw and open and that spirit has been allowed to operate in your life. And it has tried to keep you from the light and from the good things of God. But I got good word, good word for you today. God is not done with you yet. Come on, somebody. Now, I want to end as my parents are coming. We're going to receive communion. They have no clue what they're going to do now since I've just preached this. 
but I want you to look at, can we pull up Psalms 138, verse 9, out of the Passion Translation? I believe that's right. 138, verse 9, out of the Passion. And this is a verse that's really been ministering to me almost on a daily basis. Our cracked team in the back is working diligently. It's in the Bible. One thirty-eight, verse nine, out of the Passion. There's only seven. <laughs> Just checking you. Just trying to make sure you guys are all on the up and up. Can you bring me my phone, love? I just like to keep everybody on their toes. Something, just we're a full service church here. Talk amongst yourselves just for a second. Psalms 138 verse eight. Passion translation, are you ready? Are you ready? Listen to me. This needs to be your mantra. This needs to be when you get tempted with doubt, with unbelief, with lack, with depression, with being alone. If this verse, if something is trying to drive you into the arms of a person looking for comfort or care, this needs to be your go-to verse. Amen? You keep every promise you've ever made to me. Since your love for me is constant and endless, I ask you, Lord, to finish every good thing that you've begun in me. That is your new go-to verse when you are tempted to deal with the spirit of rejection. Amen? You have to remember that God is not done with you yet. Amen? That all of his plans and all of his purposes are the same for you. They are yes and amen. That God is for you and he's not against you. That God is not trying to, to give you every type of plague out of Egypt to teach you something. That, God, that the devil is the bad one. That God is the good one. If we would just keep that straight, life would be a lot easier. God and the devil are not some demonic tag team where God says, I'll catch him, you cook him, Satan. We'll teach them something, and they'll come running back to me. That is not how a God of love operates. Amen? So what we're going to do this morning, look, deliverance ministry, I don't know. I had this picture in my mind that deliverance was people laying hands on people and demons coming out and running and screaming and a lot of sweating. You know? But that's not what deliverance ministry looks like. If you will honestly come to this communion table today, and you will be honest with God and with yourself. And if you will take all of the rejection and you will bind and you will cast out that spirit of rejection, you will experience deliverance this morning. There'll be no sweating, no sticky gooey stuff, nothing like that at all. It'll be a sweet, beautiful deliverance. But you have to do it this morning with the right heart. Amen? If you do not have communion, raise your hand and our ushers will get that to you. I just had prepared some sli uh, two slides, one for me and one for him. But I was going to just show my slide and then let you do the praying over the bread. Okay. Since you're, you've got so much in your heart right now. So I think you want to finish out. Okay. So if he could just show 
this always helps me is to see. <clears throat> I don't have my communion with me, so I'll have to go back. To see a picture of what uh, took place. I use communion as an opportunity to uh, examine myself and see if I've been living the power of God that he's given to us. To see what Jesus paid the price to get to us the power of God back into our lives. And to see the picture. Do we have the picture? Is it up there? Oh, okay. So this this spirit of rejection that Pastor Jack C. is talking about is a giant. And you see it in in, um, David and Goliath. It's a giant and and it is overwhelming. But Jesus bore that for us. By his stripes we were healed. So I want you to get a picture of Jesus at the cross. And the next time this giant comes and threatens you or talks to you, you just remember, Jesus said, I have already carried that for you. I am your armor bearer here. And I've given you my favor and righteousness and taken this thing off of your back. So be sure and allow him to do that in your life. And just look at the picture and remember. I remember times when I would say, no, Jesus did that for me. And I I don't want to insult him by not acknowledging that. So I just, that's what I wanted you to see. The bread, it strengthens you. And I want Pastor Jack C to pray for you now. You know, really, this really tries to affect our children at a young age. And you're rejected at school, and you're rejected on the playground, and you're rejected by a friend, and you don't get invited to that birthday party. And as a parent, we just cringe because we hate to see our children. And we just, you know, say, well, it's just a part of life. And, you know, they've got to grow up sometimes. But because that wound is left open, that spirit of rejection gets in. And if it's not dealt with, then it just begins to grow and manifest. And um, it turns into something it was never supposed to be. And so I want all my children, all the kids that are in here today, you're in here for a reason. Amen. The first Sunday of the month is Communion Sunday. We have all the kids staying here because it's important for the kids to see mom and dad. But I want to really break this too over our children and any rejection that they've dealt with. Uh, Amen. And uh, so uh, if this is you and I'm talking about you this morning, if this is a spirit of rejection and you want to deal with it, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm just going to be honest with you. It should be every person in this room. At some level, if you're a part of this church. And what we're going to do is we're going to break the power of this thing through this covenant. Can I just share something? Do you know that communion is a part of restoration? Tithing and communion are part of restoration. When we come to the communion table, we are restoring fellowship with our Father. So what you're about to do is there's going to be a restoration that takes place between you and God. Listen to me. This is where restoration has to take place first, between you and the Lord. And he's got to be first place. So, Father, Lord, I believe that I have done what you have instructed me to do today. And Lord, we have exposed this demon, this spirit of rejection It is laid open. Uh, We see you for what you are. 
and I take authority over you in the name of Jesus, and I command you to loose the people of God in this church and to release them now in Jesus' name. I bind every symptom of it. I get down to the root of these things. I take authority over rejection, Father, that's been in our hearts since we were small, small children. I break the power of every negative word that has been spoken over you. I break the power of every demon that tells you that you'll never be good enough, you'll never have enough, you'll never amount to anything, and that you're all alone. I bind you, and I break the power off of you, and I break those lies off the people of God in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just thank you that as we begin to rejoice, that as we begin to praise you, Lord, from a whole heart, that, Lord, we receive that time of refreshing to come into our hearts. Now let's receive it together in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let me just make one more comment before my Father comes. Faith will only work when you are whole. I have met so many people that tried faith and it didn't work for them. Lord, I tried to believe God. I tried to do this. Faith will only work where we are whole. Our hearts have to be whole for faith to work for us. If it is broken, if it is shattered, if it is filled with depression, anxiety, loneliness, tiredness, and all those things that the spirit of rejection, lust, tries to bring, it's really, really hard to believe God because you don't believe that he really loves you. So that's why this is so important. What we're doing is that you are setting your heart up now where you can believe God for anything. Would you dare to believe that the impossible is possible again? Remember when you were a child and you used to think of all these grand things, all these plans, all these stuff, all these things that you were gonna do. And that spirit of rejection talked you out of it. You missed your time, you missed the person, you married the wrong person, you went to the wrong place, you did the wrong thing. You're so far off track, God can never bring me back to the place. I'm telling you today that God will bring you right back to the place you're supposed to be in. That God will bring you right back, that this season right now, God will bring you right back to that place where you're supposed to be if you'll do this right now in faith. Amen? Pastor. Thank you, Lord. You know, as I shared earlier, after Pastor was talking about praise and worship, and I asked God that question about what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden. And when God came down, God looked forward to coming down every evening to commune with, uh, with Adam and Eve. And the first thing out of his mouth when he came down, he had to say, where are you? It broke his heart. They had stopped worshiping God. Where are you? And they had to say, we were naked. That all started what we're getting ready to do today with communion. Jesus, God said, I want communion with my children. And it's going to take the blood of the perfect sacrifice. It's, not, it's no longer about animals, bulls. It's no longer about that. He said, it's got to be precious blood, my son. And he had to accomplish everything that had been prophesied over him. Beaten, slashed, crucified, yelled at, spit upon. 
so that God could have communion with us. One drop of blood is all it took. One drop of God's blood. And we're here today in praise and worship of that, amen? We're celebrating what Jesus Christ did for us. Because it says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. There's no answer for sin. And man can't do it. It took God Almighty. The greatest power in the earth is that God forgives us. And not only is it God's power, the same power resides in us when we forgive. For the Bible says, if we forgive not the sins of others, God says, I can't forgive you of your sins. That's how powerful forgiveness is. So Father, as we hold this cup today, Lord, for all that you went through for us, Lord, I just ask forgiveness that we've not worshiped you. We've not praised you. We've not given you the honor. So right now we're saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the sacrifice that had to take place that we might live this life right now. A life of fulfillment, of life of blessings, Lord, because of what you did. So we receive it now, Lord, and we just say, thank you, Lord, that we have the forgiveness of sins. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we receive it now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, in Isaiah, it says that Jesus was rejected and despised by men. And when Jesus was on the cross and he cried out finally at the darkest hour, my father, my father, why have thou rejected me? Jesus dealt with this spirit, but he dealt with it. I want to lead you in a confession over this. Say, dear Lord, I receive the word today. I add my faith to mix with it. Therefore, it will produce what I'm believing for. I take authority over a spirit of rejection. I renounce it. I cast it out. I command it to leave, never to return. I take authority over every symptom, any lingering thought or memory that would try and tie myself to a spirit of rejection. I choose to believe first that God loves me, that I'm called by God, that I have a purpose and a destiny, that God is not done with me in Jesus' name. Woo, Jesus. Woo, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus.
Thank you, Lord. Man, this is only the first Sunday in the year. What if this was like the lowest level service we had, like for the whole year, and they just kept getting gooder and gooder? We love you. Pastor Michelle and I love you. The staff at West Houston, we love you very much. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I can't think of a better time. You have been accepted by Jesus Christ. You've been accepted by God. And all you have to do is just ask. Just pray this with me this morning. Say, dear Jesus, I want to know you. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Heal all my diseases. Deliver me from all addictions. But most importantly, be my best friend. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I think we will have somebody in guest services or member services. If you uh, are a, a visiting today or our guest, there's something that we'd like to bless you with. If you want to still come to our Next Steps class, which is starting next Sunday, you are welcome to do it. Hug some necks, shake some hands.